Hello, we begin in Genesis here in chapter 4. The Adamic Dispensation, also called the Age of Innocence. And men were cast out of the Garden of Eden. And now here, this is the beginning of Adam and Eve journey. The human families begin to form here. And in verse 1, he says, And Adam knew his wife, knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And it says here that Adam knew Eve. And sex in the Bible is always described in three ways. And either went into or as in uh, whoever goes into a prof uh, a prostitute or whoever enters in a prof a prostitute and or lay the word lay here is as in an account with david with bathsheba it says david lay with bathsheba and these terms are immoral in relative to sex is an immoral way that is uh, the Bible describes it and the word here is new the word here is it says Adam new Eve and with Adam and Eve here and it has to do with also intimacy or as in Mary who says that I have not known a man in and it denotes purity here it denotes it means that it's the sex the right way of sex sex used in the right way in a marriage um framework and he also is a it's a it's in the context of sexual purity intimacy and just like i said a man has to a husband is to know his wife and have intimacy and here it says Adam knew his wife. And also we are to pay attention to what Eve said here in this passage. He says, I have not got I have gotten a man from the Lord. And here the man he says is Cain. His name is Cain, and also in Hebrew it's, it's pronounced it means possession. And he's a man, she said, a man from the Lord. And most expositors will say that this probably um, the mention concerning this passage and in this verse, I have gotten a man, uh, meaning that Eve may have thought or in her preconceived notion that this was the seed that was promised, the promised Messiah, because as she mentioned, you know, and also many expositors can um, chime in on this and come to a similar conclusion that this is what she's meant by saying, I have found me the man. Because when, she, when they, they were trusted out of um, the Garden of Eden, they had a revelation. God gave them a revelation and that's all they had. That's all they had to take out of 
was that the seed of the woman will bruise the serpent's head. So the seed symboli symbolizing that Eve's child. But here in, in how Eve do not know the consequences of sin. She has not known the consequences and it's not a quick fix. You know, we're looking at the devastation, the upheaval, the, you know, the depravity that sin took in the human race and the, the, what sin has done to a human race. We are looking from it from forward to the back end. We are looking at it in that way. But Eve was looking at it from the back end uh, to the future. But she, there's no history for her to look into. There's no history of she just thinking that I've gotten a man from the Lord. Meaning that this is the man that the Lord has promised me. Well, um, she got the reality of sin later. When Cain and Abel, you know, in the conflict, you know, Cain finally murdered his brother. And here she got the reality that sin, this is sin, you know, the cause of sin. And Cain here meaning possession. And Cain is, is the man of the flesh. He's a typical earthly man who has no spiritual characteristics of whatsoever and against anything that is associated with God and you will see all his dealings and he was the firstborn of Adam and Eve and his name as I mentioned before his name is called possession and he was a, a tiller of a ground in verse 2 it says and again and she again bare his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And Abel's, the word Abel means breath. And this is the second son of Adam and Eve. And here he mentions vividly about their occupation. And he says, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, while Cain was the tiller of the ground. And the tiller of the ground obviously comes by punishment of God. When God laid his commandment, it says that you are going to work from the ground. And I mentioned before, this, the things that sin did was it draw man, it put man back in the ground. It put man to die in the ground. The physical man is to die in the ground and also to work. And here you see first man of um in the bible the tiller no occupation was given about adam it says adam after the fall he was a he was to tend the garden when he was in the garden of eden but after the fall there was no occupation that was given in adam but here you say his son cain was a tiller of the ground and then in verse 3 I said, it says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. Here, I want you to pay attention in this, uh, in the process of time. The process of time is word that uses in the Bible as at the end, meaning at the end of something. 
in Hebrew word from Strong's Concordance, it, it, it's called Ketz, Q-E-T-S, and it's pronounced Ketz, um, same as Habakkuk 2.11, and which it says, for a appointed time, for an appointed time, but at the end, at the end of an appointed, after the end, there's an appointed time, you know, it means Ketz, Ketz, you know, appointed time. They were to be in an appointed place. Now, after um, time has elapsed between um, Cain and Abel, when they are in the, from their time they were born, when they were born, as I mentioned in verse 1 and 2, that Eve gave birth to two boys. But at the process of time, meaning that after these men, after these boys have already matured and became and came into manhood because God will not put them as children to become um, aware or even be responsible to their offering because th this offering requires an accountability. They are to become accountable and, and God gives man age of an accountability to know the difference between good and evil. So he wouldn't have let children come to offer this offering these were times when they were in their adulthood. So it says in the process, uh, in the process of time, meaning at the end, after everything, after they were born, um, they are to offer to God the best offering. You know, we are to offer to God as, as believers, we are to offer everything to God as best, in the best, in the best way we can and because god gave his best he gave his son jesus his only best son for us so we had to offer the best in numbers 18 12 moses saying it says all the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the wheat and of the the first fruit of them which they shall offer unto the lord them i have given thee the best of oil, the best of wine, the best of wheat. For us, of course, we can do give God the best of our time, the best of our money, the best of our years, you know, the best of things here. So at the process of time, they are to come to a place where they can offer to God the best of their offering. And he says here, this is where this is what they brought. And they presented themselves, and these two men came because they're not boys now, they are men. They came before the Lord to um, give their best. So it says in verse 4 And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. You see, he brought the firstlings of his of his flock and of the fat thereof and the lord had respect unto abel and to his offering see he brought an offering at an appointed time in his life and they are moving only by revelation because no word of god then there was no word of god at that time for them to stand by except by faith and I mentioned before that when they left their parents, when they left the garden, they had uh, the only thing they can lean on was the revelation. 
because they were not uh, no longer hearing God's voice. After that, after the fall, you remember Abel, um, remember, excuse me, Adam was hearing God's voice. God was speaking to Adam in the cool of the day, loud as he can, like face to face. But he hid and ran away because he was ashamed. And here, God gave them the revelation, but then they were thrusted out of the presence of God. Well, they can still hear God, but not as in a way they can hear it as when they, when they were in his presence. So they had this revelation that the seed of the woman who bruised the serpent's head again. And then he says, Abel, you know, knowing all that by the word of God, hearing the word of God, what is being said, moved with faith. Now he presented God an offering that points to the Messiah, Christ, because Christ is going to be the Lamb of God that is slain before the foundation of the world. This is God's way of redemptive now. God is not using any way else, but he's doing this way as a redemptive way for the human race. And in Hebrews 11:4, it says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witnesses that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it he, being dead, yet speaketh. Here you see, it says, by faith, Abel was able to move by faith, and this pleased God, not only by his offerings that pointed to Christ, but by his faith, it pleased God. And Abel here is the man that is in tune with the Spirit of God. He's the spiritual man here. Like I mentioned before, Cain, Cain is the fleshly man, the earthly man. But here is, is a contrast between Cain and Abel. And it's in their works, you see. As mentioned here in the process of time, it says in the process of time, each man produce its works and able to produce the work of the spirit and, and, you know, Cain produced the work of the flesh. Abel came with God by faith, but, but Cain came by works and he brought earthly gifts. But here, Abel brought heavenly gifts. And you see the contrast here. And in verse 5, it says, But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect, meaning God had not respected it. And here what happened, and it says, And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. You see that, Keep in mind, Cain, he came by works. He came by the handmade, what he has produced by his own hands. He's not walking by faith. This is what he has done with his own hands. And this is the works of righteousness versus the works of unrighteousness. Righteousness is by faith alone. And unrighteousness is by self-will. And this man... Uh, had a lot of self-will. And if you recall, in Adam and Eve, 
God never accepts anything that comes from self-righteousness. Example, for, a, for example, um, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they covered up with fig leaves. This is what they have and this is what they manufactured and this is what they produced to, to cover themselves up. But God says no. God had to kill an animal and use the animal skin dead, death, and a bloody covering. An animal, he has to shed the animal's blood to cover them up because the animal has a significance. It points to Christ. Only Christ can uh, is the only uh, lamb that was slain in the foundation of the world. God had to kill an animal to cover these people up, cover their shame up. But this this was just temporarily, and as I mentioned before, but permanently, Christ is the blood sacrifice that has covered up our shame, that covered up our guilty, our guilty stains, and so God had to remove the. Uh, the fig leaves from these people and cover them up and all these things speaks of Christ and here you have Cain bringing his self-righteousness and his self-willed fruits of his work and no doubt it could have been the best fruits of on the earth at that time and he presented it to God but again there was no blood in his sacrifice there was no blood in his offering and here Abel brought death and, and blood sacrifice, which all points to Christ, you see. And here you will see sin. It started off in the first family, you know, passive and the pride of life that was given by the devil, by, you know, Adam's passivity, uh, passivity and also uh, Eve being able to accept what the devil was selling her at that time. But here you have, and that was sin. They never committed any murder. But you see, sin has its own fruits. And eventually it will manifest. And now it will manifest, manifest in murder. And murder in the first family. And this is the way of Cain is to offer God what he wants to offer to God and he feels like he can give God whatever he feels like and this is the way of Cain so he his countenance fell he says he, he was wroth you know he was angry and and because God rejected his offering and he rejects basically because Cain rejects the way which points to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is death and blood offering. And so he didn't want to get his hands in that way. He was he was rebellious. And that's what's in, in his heart. This is this has to do with heart issue. And he did not want to follow God's exa example because God gave him an opportunity. And you will see here in verse 6, and he says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thou thy countenance fallen? And here you see in, in uh, verse 6, Cain became angry, but God gives him a chance here. God says, you know, first of all, God will give him a chance. He says, 
Um, and it says in verse 7, it says, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lie at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. See, Cain had other things that is boiling in his heart. And we'll see later that it, this is was jealousy, you know. And first of all, we'll talk about what jealousy is. It starts with anger. You know, this is um, anger. This this man has anger. He, he was His heart was boiled. He felt betrayed. He felt, you know, maybe he felt rejected. And this is a, a quote from Norman. Concerning anger, it says, Anger is an expression of frustration, fear, and hurt. And these feelings turn into anger in order to disguise what we are really feeling. Anger is a form of dishonest emotional expression. H. Norman, the right, the right marriage check. The right marriage checkup is in 2002. And then also um, Luis Palo. The heart for God in 1978 says, One small seed of jealousy, once it takes root in the soil of your soul, can sprout overnight into a sprawling vine of poison ivy. See, Cain is filled with anger. And here, he had other things that is boiling on inside, on the inside. And God sees this. Um, sees his countenance fell and God gave him the word he says you know you have to take care of this anger and anger not control becomes sin and the Bible says you have to we have to be angry but sin not but here you have jealousy and pride he's feeling he's feeling that he's been rejected he's saying how you know how dare God reject me of all these things I've done and we feel it today. People feel rejected about things God has done or maybe don't understand what God is trying to do in their life. And their heart begins to boil with uh, anger and eventually be eat up by jealousy. So, but God calls him to the, to the attention here. And he says, you know, you have to check the anger because the anger that is not checked at the door is going to end up leading to murder and jesus says whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you see anger you start with anger now he becomes hatred and then murder came in in the place and cain here basically god gave cain the opportunity to redeem himself god says if you do right i will you know help you i will i will do right by you God gave him an opportunity. God gave him a chance. God gives people chance, chances. You know, there's nothing happened by God not giving people chances. God gave many chances to people. But here you have Cain who disobeyed God's voice. And in verse 8, and Cain talked again. He did not obey God's voice, but he, he went and talked with his brother. And it came to pass when they were in a field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, 
and slew him. You see, Cain murdered his brother Abel. And he slew him. He did not want to take correction. Where God gave him an opportunity. So he took it on his own hand to deal with that issue. And the way he did it was he killed his brother. And in verse 9, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. See, he's lying. Am I my brother's keeper? He did not know that God sees all things. <clears throat> he didn't see, God sees all things. And God says, where is your brother? Same, to, same thing that God told Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? Now God is saying, where is your brother? And God wants to know man's status. You see, he asked him a question. But he became you know, sarcastic with God. And in verse 10, and he said, What hast thou done? God is speaking to Abel, Cain now. He says, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cry out unto me from the ground. And the blood from the ground speaks. And this is the blood of Abel. He's, he's the one that was slew, you know, Cain slew. And his, his blood is crying out to God because of the ended line. You know, Abel's, Abel's generation were to be, you know, uh, were to come to the earth, manifest to the earth. But here you have an ended line. So the bloods, the bloods is speaking your generation, the bloods of your, of your brother, your generation is speaking, the gener is crying out. Um, and then in verse, because it says in verse um, Hebrew, if you read Hebrews 12, verses 24, and it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See, the blood speaks, but here in Hebrew, it says the blood of Jesus Christ speaks and cries out. See, the blood of Jesus Christ speaks of redemption because God has, Jesus has poured his blood on this earth and he died and, and rose from the dead. So his blood is redemptive blood. But here you, you have Abel's blood that speak better, that was speaking, crying out to God and his, bl his blood speaks about avenge, you know, avenge, because his line has ended. His brother has ended his line. And in, in verse uh, 11, and he says, And now thou art cursed from the earth. You see, God lays a curse to, to Adam, no, to Cain, excuse me. And he says, which had opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. And verse 12, it says, When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto ye her strength. And here it says, A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. It says, It's a fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. And here is the judgment of God. Because this man obviously did not confess 
and he did not uh, admit that he even killed his brother. So God lays the judgment down to him again, just like he did his parents. And here he says, the land will not yield to you her strength. And the land became polluted because the blood was spilled on the land. And the, the land will not yield. And that's what happened when, when murder came into town or murder comes into a land or somebody commits murder on the land. The land has uh, will not yield fully the strength of the land. And you see that in Deuteronomy. But here, this is the first family. They went from the garden and they went from the garden to the earth land. And now here is their firstborn son that is finally is, is going to be completely out of God's presence. And he's going to be out of God's presence, presence and going to be a restless wanderer. And here, the definition of a restless wanderer, what does that mean? When people say that this person is a restless wanderer, well, it means that he's not going to have any peace. There's not going to be any peace in his land, in his heart. Um, and it means to shake and to cause someone to totter and also quiver, disturb, restless. You know, and then so also say you, you are going to be a vagabond to wander aimlessly. He's going to be wandering aimlessly to flutter and to to show grieve, to, uh, to move to and fro the earth. So there's not going to be any rest for Cain from now on. And then in verse 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. See, he, he has self-pity. No concern about his brother, no concern about his mother, his father, who have lost their child. No concern of anybody except him alone, his self alone. He's, a, he's an earthly self-willed man. And here he says, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face I shall be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Notice here the words he used, me, I, I, me and me. You know, shows, this shows how much really he cared for his brother, which is none. He has no remorse and he has no remorse for what he has done because he has been boiling in, this has been boiling in his heart. Hatred has been born in his heart for very long that he no longer cares much about his brother anymore. And in verse 15, and it says, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. See, the Lord is still showing mercy. And he places the mark on Cain and to protect him, but also to protect man from blood, bloodshed. Because Cain, not just for the Cain's sake, but also for, for man's sake, for humanity's sake. And since capital punishment wasn't 
yet established by man in the, except it begins in the Noah's days. But here is God's capital punishment. God judged Cain. He judged Cain by casting him away from his presence. And that's a, a, enough for capital punishment. And this man will eventually die off because he has no, there was no presence. God, God is no longer in his life. And he's, he's basically going to be taken away by, you know, all sorts of demon, uh, uh, all sorts of evil demons, because he's no longer in the presence of God. And he was cursed to die. That's what he, he was. But later, later on, Lamech, we'll talk about Lamech later, but um, Lamech from Adam's, um, excuse me, from Cain's line will misinterpret the punishment as God's protection only by by his logical reasoning and and man has fallen from grace and now men are now using their logical reasoning but you see Lamech will use his logical reason to justify him killing another man so but that never stopped murder but it, it continued murder murder became the the headline of the day so here you have in verse 16 and it says and Cain went out of the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden and this man is now out completely from God's presence and this is the ultimate punishment because a man out of God's presence is like a fish out of water. It will, it will live for a while, but eventually it will die off. So here we see the rejected line of Cain. And this is going to be the rejected line of Cain. And starting in verse 17. And this is going to be the generation of Cain. And it says in, in verse 17, and it says, And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived. Again, the word knew is the right intimacy between a man and a woman. Sexual intimacy. It says, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, let's not misinterpret this Enoch. Okay, this is not the same Enoch that walked with God. Eventually, we will see that later. But this is an Enoch in the line of Cain. The Enoch that walked with God was in the line of Seth. But here you see the generation of Cain. And in verse 18, And unto Enoch was born Erad. And Erad begat Mehujael. And Mehujael begat Methusael. And Methusael begat Lamech. Now, we are back in Lamech. This is the Lamech I was, I'm trying to point out. And I will point it out uh, clearly concerning him. But here you see Lamech comes in the picture. And here you have his life. You will see his life that he was an immoral person because here... This is what he's going to do in verse 19. And he says, And Lamech took to him two wives. Now, he's the first person in the Bible that 
that became a polygamist. He's the first polygamy in the Bible. And the name of the one was Ada. And the name of the other was Zillah. See, he took two wives. And he became the first polygamy in the Bible. Also, the one, the first person to justify his murder. And we will see that later on. But here, you, you have a first polygamy. And he... he it's in the historical, the Bible is a historical record. Understand something, precious saints, that it doesn't mean that God condones a lot of things that is in the Bible. Okay, Bible, part of the Bible is a historical record. You know, this is has to be uh, stated, otherwise the Bible will not be an authentic book. So, this man took... Uh, Two wives doesn't mean that God condoned it or God agreed with it, but he you see the heart of Lamech. He was not he was his heart is not going to be right, and you will see that later. And he says, and then in verse 20 and 21 and 22, he says, And Ada bare Jabal, and he was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle and men became uh, tent dwellers then and his brother name was Jubal and he was the father of all such as handled the harp or organ musicians they became musicians they are you know here people who play music and tents and crafts and he says and Zillah she also uh, bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and in the and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nema. See, the, you have musicians and craftsmen, and now coming in this line, which is good, is but is again all these things is means absolutely nothing if. There is no spiritual uh, hunger or there is no spiritual yearning for these people. These are just uh, earthly individuals that are coming with musics, gifts, and God give gifts to many. But these are the line of Cain who are murderers. They are, they are ones that are coming in and God is blessing them. But none of them has any spiritual uh, yearning. So, but again, you see, you see this, and we're going to see about Cain, uh, Lamech. But here, Lamech is going to be pointed pointed out here. It says in verse twenty three, and it says, and Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. See, here you have a, a murderer now. This inherited sins of the father from Cain. You know, this is this is this is Cain's spirit now. This is the inherited uh, sins of the father, because Cain was the first murderer in the Bible. But you have his sons, sons. You have by the name of Lamech, and he says. But this is how he justified his own uh, 
murder. This is what he just how he justifies it. And he says, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly, Lamech 70 and sevenfold. You see, Lamech, um, he's slain a man for self-defense. And then he's slain another young man for offending him. And you see the generation of murderers now coming because nobody teaches um, this man how to murder. It's all inherited sins. And if, he said the way he justifies, if Cain is spared and avenged sevenfold, you know, his will, him is going to be 77 fold. And he, he feels protected by this. And, you know, he basically feels like he can get away with that. Because there's no justice. There's no capital punishment. You see, there's nothing to hold him accountable. There's no capital punishment for him. Because he said that, you know, if I murder somebody, I'm going to be protected. But that's not always true. Because injustice, what it, in, injustice, it breeds more violent. And in his heart, he did not discern what God did with Cain. Cain was out of God's presence. And this man is just going about his earthly, his fleshly, obviously, with no spiritual um, understanding or any capacity to understand why was Cain cast out of God's presence? What what is what does that mean? What is the um, the final judgment of Cain? Because Cain is no longer in God's presence, so he didn't discern all this before he murdered. He just felt like God protected Cain, so in his mind he will be protected sevenfold. But Cain was cursed, not protected. Cain was cursed. And Cain, of course, God protected him and other humans from bloodshed all around. But Cain was cursed. And God put a mark to protect humanity on Cain. In other words, God says, you know, if anybody that see this man, know that he is a curse of God. And don't, don't, don't touch him. Okay, he's a cursed. God says, you know what, I will handle him and Cain is about to die. But um, he was not protected. He was uprooted from the presence of God. But Lamech, Lamech in his um, naturalism, you know, reasons with a rational mind. He, reason, he reasons with the rational mind only. And not the supernatural mind, not discerning, not praying, not understanding, trying to find what is, you know, the end result of Cain. So in his carnal mind, it's just like Judas. When Judas, you know, who did not discern about Christ, did not understand what Jesus, who Jesus was clearly, but he thought that Jesus was just another man. So here is man. One of the things that man lost in the fall was the natural, the supernatural mind to discern, to understand the things of God. And, but this, this man comes to his own conclusion. And there are like many people, like 
Lamech, who commits murder, but again, you know, rationalize it, you know, rationalize their wrongdoing by saying, oh, this is going to happen, this is not, you know, but we, we, that's what your, our mind, sometimes that's the sin nature of human, is sometimes we can rationalize our own uh, fault and we can, we can either point blame on, at somebody else or we can just rationalize it away. And here you see Adam's new line. You see, this is the remnant. This is the new line that is going to form here because obviously um, Cain's line, you see Cain's line is full of murderers and there's going to have, this, gonna, this murder is going to blossom all throughout the land to the point that God will have enough of this because this line of Cain, they have nothing they have no spiritual capacity of God. They have nothing um, that keeps them searching for God or seeking God. So here God has to form a new line. It's from, uh, it goes back to Adam. And he says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, she said, had appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom she slew, whom Cain slew. See, now Eve now sees the sin, the result of sin. You see, you know, here is the depravity of the human soul through through this sin that, that is caused by that came in through Eve and the first family. Can they say also Adam knew his wife again the right way? She had a uh, the right way to say that he had a sexual intimacy with his wife. And verse 26, and he says, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Now, this is the Enos that I was talking about. And here is Enos that came from the, the line of remnant. And he says, and then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. You see, he bore Seth first and then Enos. Enos is mentioned here. It's a wonderful um, line that God has produced. Now, men are now going to be calling upon the Lord. This is the spiritual um, the line that God has produced here for um, the line of the remnant. And now you have two lines on earth. You have the line of Cain, which is the rejected line. And you have the line of Seth, which is God's line right here. And, and later, Noah will come to this line of Seth. And then Abraham will follow through. And throughout all downward until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And it's also can call the line of fate you see because here you mentioned Enos Enos walked by faith and it says in, in Hebrews 11 5 it says by faith Enoch was translated that he would not see death and was not found because God has translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God you see, Enos is just like Abel. Abel walked by faith. And like the first remnant, 
he walked by faith and he called upon the name of the Lord. Abel was a spiritual man. And here, walk by call upon the name of the Lord means not just, just call upon the name of the Lord in words, but devoted to God. He's a devoted man to walk by faith. But Cain's line did not call upon the name of the Lord. And but set line did. And God is going to use this line to bring about the Messiah. And that will be all. And on until then we'll talk again. We'll begin in Genesis chapter five. Well then until then stay tuned and God bless.